93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Two very special guests in the studio this weekend. Uh, pleased to welcome uh, David Coyle and Randy Coyle from Coyle Construction. Gentlemen, good to have you both. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Fred, for having us. Absolutely. Good to be here, Fred. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, let's start off with you. Let's let's tell people a little bit about sort of the history of coil construction. And I, you know, I, I am shocked to be hearing that next year you will be celebrating your 50th year in business. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. That's quite an accomplishment. Not too many businesses in Columbia have been around 50 years. No, I, I'd like to say I started when I was five years old, but uh, that, that, that wasn't the I can case. tell by looking at you that's not true. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was actually uh, 1975. That's mm-hmm. right. It'll be 50 years. It doesn't seem like that, but yeah. um, it was. And yeah. uh, obviously, I was a younger man at the time. Um, graduated from the University of Missouri. Yeah. and uh, You had a pickup truck and a tool belt, right? Yeah. 500 bucks, pickup yeah. truck. You know, but mm-hmm. I think the great thing about Columbia is that there's a real entrepreneurial spirit, and there was one around in those days as well. And after graduating from college, there was a lot of guys out there doing their own thing, and and some of them were trying to get into real estate or opening a bar, or maybe they were doing a clothing store. And and you know, around that same time, you had guys like Jay Lewis had started Shakespeare's, and mm-hmm. Dennis Harper had started Harpo's, and. Stan Kroenke had started Latigo London. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was just a, a lot of that in the air, it seemed like, uh, back in the, in the early seventies. And, 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 you know, real estate seemed like the way to go. Uh, we were doing a little remodeling and, uh, interest rates, as you probably know, back in the late seventies went into the teens and mm-hmm. real estate was pretty slow at that point, but, yeah. uh, the remodeling business certainly flourished. Yeah. As you look back over the last 50 years, 49 years, to be fair, um, what are some of the benchmarks that stand out? What are some of the what were some of the big pivotal points for coil construction? I think that uh, one of the things that um, I identified earlier that we wanted to do is that was to be in commercial. Um, We, you know, home building was uh, another niche. And uh, certainly our, our peers in, in home building do a great job here. But I want to be in commercial stuff. And so the things that uh, kind of started us off was uh, some healthcare work. We were working for a lot of doctors back in the day, Boone, Boone Clinic, for instance. Mm-hmm. We, we, did, uh, we did a lot of remodeling work in there, so it kind of got us into the healthcare part of it. Uh, also, um, um, McDonald's and Wendy's, mm-hmm. both, both were expanding. Uh, we built uh, um, several Wendy's uh, here locally as well as, as, well as uh, around the state. Uh, uh, and, and then McDonald's also, we built some of those. So that kind of got us into, we're doing a little healthcare, we're doing, doing a little, uh, retail yep. work. And, um, that kind of set us on that Two path. Two things that everybody needs, cheeseburgers and healthcare, right? You, you betcha. Uh, after <laughs> One before the, the other. <laughs> after the, uh, cheeseburger. Yeah. 
for sure. Now, David, you grew up in the business, and and uh, I uh, I w- was reading uh, uh, sort of about the history of the company, and you actually started pushing a broom uh, when you were 14 years old for the company, and all your buddies were at home playing video games or you know riding their bikes <laughs> or whatever, and and uh, here you are uh, uh, sucking in drywall dust and everything else, and and uh, tell us a little bit about but sort of you know, captured you. I mean, I think that uh, typically that part of the business is enough to turn anybody away from the business. But but what sort of uh, intrigued you about the business? Absolutely. Um, I started before I could even drive. My, I remember my mom and dad would drop me off at job sites and I'd push broom, help uh, run errands for the guys, um, you know, do some of the physical manual labor on job sites. And mm-hmm. I had a few guys tell me, you know, you should probably go to school because you don't want to be doing this the rest of your life. But um, but but the fact is, you know, they taught me some great values on site, um, yeah. just from the work ethic and uh, just the people skills and, and just, you know, being able to look into the guy's eyes even today and call them by their first name and uh, just genuinely generate some respect uh, both ways uh, from us. And um, I remember when I, I first started uh, as a project manager, I, I would still even pitch in from time to time to uh, continue to earn that respect. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just uh, growing up in a family business, it, that's what it felt like. I, I didn't know it'd be this big or, or go this far, but um, it just always felt like the right thing to do. And yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, it's truly the, the people in it are, are second to none. The, the, the thing that separates a lot of construction workers is just that, at the end of the day, they they feel good about what they did that yeah, day, and, and that, accomplished something. That type of feeling is is uh, I think what keeps us coming back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my oldest son spent a summer uh, doing what you were doing when you were fourteen years old, picking up job sites and and uh, for coil construction, and and uh, you know it was uh, he didn't complain very much, but I could tell uh, he had never worked like that before. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and probably since. But anyway, it's uh, he did a great job. Yeah. We we'd love to have him back. By the way, too, they they still ask where. Uh, where we, where we uh, can find him? Well, I um, so last week uh, a big announcement was made uh, in the company, uh, sort of the 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 passing of the torch, uh, which um, is um, one way to, to refer to it. But it is something that I think that uh, probably a lot of people saw coming. But uh, you officially became the president of Coil Construction, and and so you're now running the day to day operations of the company. Uh, Randy's still going to hang around and uh, just make sure you're doing it right. Um, <laughs> And uh, but but tell us kind of what what that means to you. What 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 does that do to change your perspective? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's an honor to follow in my father's footsteps. I mean, he's uh, been my you know uh, mentor and and um, you know teacher of mine for a long time. But mm-hmm. but he's he's more than that. He's he's a business partner. He's a friend. And I just uh, you know I think for any anybody being the successor successor of a business, whether it's your father or not, um, I think just you know continuing a great thing, continuing to build upon the values and the traditions that. Uh, uh, the founder set and just really just taking the opportunity the company uh, to the next level you know mm-hmm. and and just continuing making making a, a good thing great so you had more going for you than just your last name uh, you uh, uh, you 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 walked the walk. I mean, you were kind of in there doing all the dirty work and uh, maybe more than your fair share of the dirty work uh, to, yeah. to get there. But uh, you uh, you went to college down at SMU. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you major in down there? I actually ended up with an English degree. English, okay, mm-hmm. very good. That which is very appropriate for the <laughs> for the construction business. And then not uh, at all. <laughs> and then you you came. Actually, one of Rush Limbaugh's uh, nephews was your colleague yeah. roommate, right? Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but when you um, come back, uh, you you came back to Columbia and you decided that. Uh, 
uh, you there, you wanted to take it to the next level. Tell us a little about your your MBA program. Yeah, um, so I spent about five years in the in the in the workforce uh, before I went back to school and got my MBA at the University of Missouri, and mm-hmm. I did that for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, going back and getting a degree from um, you know our, our our one of our local um, you know colleges was was meaningful to help set my roots here uh, back here in Columbia. Uh, but I think it also set the tone for people around me uh, in in our sphere that I was serious about mm-hmm. becoming a an executive and uh, serious about uh, you know taking our company to the next level and, and putting in the extra time. I was still working uh, forty hour weeks during uh, during during business school. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd work nights. Um, I had my my first daughter um during that program and yeah yeah that'll uh you have three daughters right i, I mean, do that'll toughen you up for almost anything. <laughs> and the best is yet to come yeah just getting started there so <laughs> lucky um, you yeah. yeah so uh tell me about the project that you were first project manager on where you really felt like uh you uh had some real skin in the game what, what was your first project well, my very first one was the um the um uh, Warm Springs Ranch, oh, yeah, uh, for, Ranch. for Anheuser-Busch, yeah. yep, yeah. Um, Boonville. They moved their Clydesdale breeding operation from um, from California to Boonville, Missouri, um, and that was that was that was awesome. Developing a three hundred acre um, ranch for uh, for these magnificent animals. Yeah, and so how does Coil Construction, a Columbia based company land a gig like that i mean that that must have been a pretty interesting process i was kind of brought in after that i was uh, yeah. i started on site uh as kind of a project manager on site there to, to help kind of keep things on track and schedule how we got the job that's a great story um my dad and uh, another vp in our company mike hemi uh interviewed for that position mm-hmm. uh, i think they wanted to support some local contractors uh but i feel like uh, i feel like we had the best approach uh, mm-hmm. we went went out and found uh the best uh you know design partner we could for an equestrian facility and uh offered them some great pricing and um I think yeah. that's that's the, and the one of the current residents is going to be featured in a uh, Super Bowl commercial next week. That's weekend, right. I, I understand. I so. look, yeah, I look forward to those every year. Yeah, just to, yeah. To see. I uh, I have not been out there. I've driven by it, but I've not. But I everybody tells me it's beautiful. It's really it's a a very cool place. So, um, Randy, when you think about some of the the uh, the bigger projects uh, over the last few years, and and I think that uh, maybe the best way for people to really understand sort of the the size and scope of of coral construction is is to hear about some of the projects you all have completed recently. Uh, what are some, as people drive around Columbia, around Boone County, around mid-Missouri, uh, and I know that you're, at one point, you were in six or seven different states uh, doing projects, but um, what, what are some of the things that, that uh, COIL did that people would recognize locally? Well, in the recent years, um, uh, some of the most um, uh, visible projects would be the uh, Boone Electric um, uh, campus, yeah, uh, and their new headquarters building. On that Rain's turned out Line. to be one of the nicest uh, rural electric cooperatives built in the country, and and uh, you know you kind of uh, got on their radar. I mean, are, is there an opportunity for some future business with those folks? Uh, absolutely, yeah. They're they're, they're well run organization. All of us that are members of Boone Electric Cooperative um, mm-hmm. um, are just. We've seen other cooperatives. This is really well run. Yep. Uh, great management over there. Todd yeah. and others that are there have done mm-hmm. a great job with it. Incredible building. Yeah, it's like a campus. And, yeah. you know, I think one of the things that's important there for people to realize is that they built a facility so 
when weather gets bad or should there be some sort of disaster, uh, these guys are going out in the snow and rain and those vehicles are parked inside and heated and ready to go and, and get service back up and running so mm-hmm. that light switch comes back on. Yeah. And they've done a great job at designing that campus for that. Yeah. In addition to that, uh, uh, as you probably know, uh, Midway USA, they yeah. expanded. They have a... How uh, big was that building? 400,000 square feet yeah. uh, distribution center and they're currently, we're currently uh, uh, starting a, a new headquarters building for yeah. them, which will, uh, we started the pad uh, work on that. David, how many square feet is that one? That's, Six, uh, 60,000. That's going to be 60, about 60,000. The, the Roosevelt building, is that still called the Roosevelt building? Yep. Okay, very cool. And it is, so yeah. that that's going up. Of course, uh, one you may not notice as much, but uh, over the past several years, we had renovated a good part of the old of uh, uh, the old uh, uh, insurance uh, building there, and the uh, U is now occupying. Oh, the uh, State Farm building, and so it's yeah. uh, virtually every floor of that uh, has been redone for them. So, mm-hmm. so they're they're there. Yeah. Um, so those are those are some of the big ones out there that I know. Have uh, you, uh, there's quite a thumbprint, uh, uh, fingerprint on the the Central Methodist University campus over in Fayette. You've done that a lot of buildings well. over there. A lot, and we also now have uh, we're going to have an additional car wash here. Club car wash is expanded now. Yeah. So they'll be on Grindstone. They're over by the mall. They're they're yeah. uh, off of um, uh, Providence, and now a new one over by the the new Schnooks. Uh, over there, Lake of the Woods exit. Oh, okay. that's going to be opening soon. Yeah, how many club car washes have you done? I think we're uh, over fifty now. Wow, you counting that's surrounding amazing. states? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they're all a little different, aren't they? All, all. You know, they all have to adapt to their different markets a little yeah. bit and to uh, whatever the local ordinances and. Things now, do you are. get to work directly with Travis Kelsey on those projects? <laughs> <laughs> no you don't okay. no, I, I wonder if you were a no i got yeah. but i do have a text from taylor i need to take okay <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> you may have to show him how to do a text david but anyway <laughs> i um uh so you know i think that that uh some of the the interesting projects that you guys have been working on i one of the things that you guys talk about that a lot of people may hear you say it but not understand it, but this whole concept of design build, David, what is that? What does it mean to do a project design build? Yeah, design build is a delivery method that we feel like brings a project to market the fastest. And uh, that's instead of the old traditional method of hiring an architect firm, getting the plans 100% done, and then bidding out to several general contractors and starting the work we can do a little bit we can do that more in parallel and Mm -hmm. several advantages it brings it to market faster uh also bringing your construction manager to the forefront uh hopefully gives you a better idea of what projects ultimately going to cost and maybe even identifying some long lead items that could be procured early to help once again save time yeah so you really i I think what makes coil construction stand out uh, against other its competitors is that you guys really have a very uh uh, defined uh, systematic process that's that is that kind of uh, allows everybody to go into these projects with their eyes wide open they know what to expect uh, there is a process uh, it's it's I hate to say it's methodical because that that sometimes is a bad word but but really uh, tell us um, 
what that looks like. We got just a, less than a minute. We can we can pick it up after this break if you want to. I'll easily do it in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, it, the transparency is there, and we're you know we shine the best when we have um, you know we're viewed as a, a true partner to bring to come on board and come out as kind of an outsourced construction arm of a growing business, if you will, mm-hmm. and just there to advise and advocate for our clients and really just provide as much information as we can to help make the best decision making that point in time. That's David Coyle. We're visiting uh, with uh, David, who is the new president of Coyle Construction, and Randy Coyle, the founder of the company, almost 50 years ago. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about some projects they're currently working on and, and what we can expect here in Missouri. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. David Coyle, the new president of Coyle Construction, and Randy Coyle, the founder of Coyle Construction, uh, join us this weekend on the program. We are uh, talking about some of the the projects that they have been working on. Uh, You've got a big school project going up. Over at Columbia Independent School. Tell us about that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we're doing a lot of school projects right now, and uh, most of them have to be in the the, uh, the private sector right now, private schools. Uh, one of them is Columbia Independent Schools. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to my daughters, Chloe and Cora, who are <laughs> hopefully there right now uh-huh. uh, learning. Uh, but the addition that we're doing for them is uh, to add on to their high school. And um, they've seen significant enrollment since the pandemic. Hmm. And uh, just trying to anticipate uh, additional kids and trying to get... Uh, you know, the best education they can out for, for, uh, uh, just to give, provide Columbia with a, another option. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you're one of the few guys that really likes to look at plans. Uh, and so what, what is, uh, what is something that is, uh, a special challenge in education in, 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 a, in an environment? Like schools, what what are the things you really have to pay attention to? Yeah, uh, the academic calendar is the very first thing that pops in my brain. I'm all about schedules yeah. too, so okay. but just making sure that we we get things done on time. But um, you, you know, with, in plans, the schedules. Gosh, you know, the safety of the kids is is huge. Mm. Uh, just making sure that you know all the latest uh, technologies and s- assemblies are there to to keep everybody safe. Yeah, uh, that, that that's a big one. And then just providing the best learning environment you can mm-hmm. um, would would be be another thing. And the high technology and um, kids are learning in a different way than they did uh, w- when uh, your your dad and I were students, certainly, uh, <laughs> and uh, even when you were a student. I mean, it's just the the whole learning thing is just completely different. Absolutely, ton of technology. Uh, there's even a you know gaming areas where they can uh, do computer programming or video game design. Mm-hmm. Uh, incorporating that technology into uh, education makes it fun. Um, that's certainly a, a building feature we we build around now yeah so one of the things i i and we don't get to talk about it very often on this program but i i the dynamics of a family-owned business and sort of you know having a succession plan where you kind of you know you you know what the next 30 years is going to look like for your company um tell us a little bit about uh, randy i'll start with you because um uh you know you when when you've got family members working with you, and I know that your wife was very active uh, in the business with bookkeeping and and all and just everything that she needed to do, I guess, uh, to keep the company running. Um, but 
you know, what are some of the, as you, as you looked at other family owned companies and you probably had conversations with, with people in your industry and, and outside of your industry, what, what are some of the, the dynamics that you have to pay attention to in a family owned business? Yeah, I did. I mean, it, uh, the fact is, is that, uh, nationally, um, 70% of second generation businesses fail. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. And, uh, uh, the first thing is, is that you have to have, uh, someone in the family's interested in even doing it. Yeah. And, um, um, David showed interest. He wanted to do this was something he felt he was built to do. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think, you know, we, we hired actually a third party. Come take a look at us hmm. and talk about it. To I'd help see, with succession planning? We did. Yeah. Uh, had a third party come in, uh, spoke with our employees, spoke with David, spoke with uh, other relatives mm-hmm. uh, of ours, and um, um, kind of gave us a feel and some feedback on where to start. I think the key to a lot of it um, is, uh, the first of all, the interest in the hard work. I mean, David has been a relentless partner. I mean, he's just done, he, he comes to work, he's, he was often the first there and the last to leave. Mm. And it, 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 it was not, it wasn't a gift. He never, he never took it as something that he, that was bestowed upon him. It was something he had to earn. Yeah. And that kind of attitude helped with his relationships with employees, with a family, and with others to earn that respect for him to come up. And then I think the, the biggest single thing on top of that, besides that willing, eager partner that's willing to put in the hours and the, uh, to do it, is uh, just take, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's not something where you hand the keys over in just the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been working on this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a five-year project. And even now, as David has become president, I'm still founder and, and um, um, uh, chairman. Um, you know, we still collaborate and yeah. talk about certain things that are there. So it's a very slow, methodical transition. And so then when it really happened, when the moment was here and we made the announcement, we had an all-company meeting, we made the announcement with David. It really wasn't a surprise to, to mm-hmm. anybody there. Mm-hmm. They, they he'd, he'd already been, in a sense, in that seat for some time. Yeah. Now, David, I know you get to work early because you drive by my house every day on the way to work, and so I see you go by and yeah. and uh, uh, late in the evening. But uh, what uh, I mean, because I, I think that for you, uh, did you feel like you had to prove yourself? Uh, because you know, I think that there are going to be some people, regardless of your skill sets or the planning or your talents, they're going to say, "Oh, well, he's just." got that job because he's you know he's his last name is coil but uh it was a kind of a different process for you wasn't there was first of all there was the education that had to go into it well absolutely i have to prove myself uh any leader is going to have to prove themselves to, mm-hmm. to to step up and 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 show what what they can do um in especially challenging for a second generation business owner is you're at times a lot of times managing people who are older than you sometimes been in the industry as long as you've been alive and mm-hmm. um there's i think unless you are just incredibly talented or bring a skill set that no one else has you've got to come and be humble about it and you've got to um you know lead by example and work hard and and put in the extra time to understand um you know to get to the same level that other people are at for, in a very in a very quick manner so it takes a lot of a lot of hard work yeah it's um you, you know I think that when you, you, I remember when you were getting your MBA, I think that, uh, you and I had a conversation at one point about some of the things that you were sort of <clears throat> discovering in your MBA program that really could have a significant impact on the way that you would run this company one day. And, uh, what are, you know, one of the big things, um, at, at Coil that I know you have worked very hard on is culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, 
that is critically important. But you, you know, I think that uh, if anybody knows anything about your company, you've you've had employees that have been with you thirty five, forty longer uh, years with you. Uh, you know, the company's only. 49 years old, but you've got people that have been around uh, for a big chunk of that time. Uh, why Why is culture so important in an organization like, like a construction company? Uh, yeah, every company. Uh, a business is as good as the people within it, mm-hmm. and um, we, have, we have invested in a ton of time and, and, and just efforts in making sure that we have good people, the best people we can possibly afford. And, um, you know, and, and just at a personal level, I, I want people to, you know, like where they're working and like who they're working with and be part of a, a, a longer vision, a longer, a bigger mission. Um, and so job satisfaction has always been huge to me and you know, culture is kind of the buzzword now, but really it's the, it's the people and, and, and keeping them motivated. And um, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, I guess Randy, what is the difference today uh, between a construction foreman that's that's starting out forty years ago, and a construction foreman that's starting today. What what are are there different skill sets? You know there there is, and you know forty years ago, it, it, trades were passed down more from father son mm-hmm. and families, and uh, the culture there was you kind of did it because your dad did it, mm-hmm. and and whether you were a stonemason. Uh, you know, or, or a lath and plaster guy or whatever it may have been. It was often family businesses and, and, and the education for that often came through, uh, other peers there and sometimes through unions or whatever where they did, where there was some training. Today's workforce in the construction industry is much different. First of all, it, the, the technology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, uh, we don't use hammers like we used to and we it's all joysticks now right yeah we don't use (laughs) shovels like we used to i mean uh you know even even when we started 50 years ago there was no such thing as mini excavators on sites and there was there wasn't uh autocad and there wasn't uh gps driven um uh heavy equipment Mm -hmm. and there wasn't drone surveying and all the things that we we were just like every other industry and although i don't think uh our construction has done a very good job at it at uh, advertising what we do now but um we're, it's so technologically advanced that the incoming workforce has to be savvy about that as well and a lot of them are mm-hmm. i mean working with heavy equipment now is a video game yeah and in yeah. a lot of these uh, uh the new workforce and millennials they're they're used to that to joysticks and buttons and whatever and, and sometimes it's us old guys that it's tough yeah, to operate yeah. some of the some of the newer equipment that's out there yeah you know um we had a host of the ceo roundtable luncheon this week at zimmer and and uh, we had a lot of folks from the home building industry uh in and, and one of the things we talked about was getting kids more interested in the construction trade. How do you think we're doing as a community? Um, and uh, David, I'll let you go first, but what, what is your, uh, Randy, you'll have more of a historical outlook on this, but, but are we doing enough to get kids interested in this profession? I, I think that a lot of people are learning that they can make way more money, uh, maybe not going to college and going right into the trades than they, they would by spending four years at a traditional, you know, degree. But what, what's your perspective, David? I think since I've 
been in the industry, we've gotten considerably better at promoting our industry. Mm-hmm. I think the the trade schools and the uh, colleges uh, here in this town is, have done have stepped up, uh, and they've recognized that gap in in trade, and it's driving costs up. Uh, labor costs are going up, and it's yeah. driving rents and groceries and everything up. So I think the word is out. It's just how do we do it, and we just have to keep communicating um, between those schools and identifying the needs and in in creating programs to supplement but i think we're on a good track um you know the the culture of societies a the bigger challenge and um but ultimately we're we're finding solutions there that mm-hmm. you know will we'll, through technology and innovation you have a lot well. of interns come work for your company don't you we did we started an intern uh program and really to identify that next generation of mm-hmm. uh you know uh field employees and yeah. what that looks like it is changing randy how do you think you've been involved in columbia's economic development for many years and and former chamber of commerce president but you know um you you sort of see the labor shortage up close firsthand uh how do you think we're doing I think we still have a shortage, certainly in our industry, and, mm-hmm. and, and there isn't a lot of other ones, healthcare and, mm-hmm. and others that are out there. But take healthcare and, and construction together. I mean, they're, they're kind of doing the same things in one sense. Um, there's more and more, it's more and more important that certain certifications and specialties are occurring out there in training. Mm-hmm. And we see that in healthcare and nursing and, and others where they're getting these certifications to do certain types of healthcare. Same true in our industry. They are, they're certified to, to do, operate AutoCAD or to, to, uh, run certain equipment or to, uh, rebuild certain, certain parts of, of uh, heat and air conditioning units or whatever. And, and so all these takes training and certifications because everything's built at a higher level, higher tech level. And so, uh, subsequently these schools, um, state tech and, and Rankin and others that are out there are important to us, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the, for this initial training to, to, to happen. Then, of course, you've got to have the on, on job training. Just, just, you know, we all know we all went to college for, that's in this room, at least. Yeah. And it didn't teach us what we needed to know sure, right. about our industries. Yeah. Right. It's true with you. I'm yeah. assuming. Just one. Give me a quick uh, update on supply chain uh, issues, I guess. And, and at the same time, let's talk about material costs. Um, what, what do you see happening with the price of steel, which is a major component of, of what you guys do? Uh, what's happened in the last uh, two years with steel? And we talk about this almost every day week in our on our weekly meetings um i think the thing that uh, i've not seen in 50 years is the radical price increase that we had uh basically i'm going to say over the covid period mm-hmm. uh between 2019 and now we had huge jumps in some of our major materials the uh concrete uh lumber steel um these jumps uh weren't figured into equations that eventually uh ended up in terms of rents or how much uh how much you could borrow from the bank Mm -hmm. because it drove drove prices up quicker than anything now that being said the supply part of it was a supply uh, chain issue that is eased up we now we now are getting materials more regularly than we we did is there anything you find yourself consistently waiting on Consistently, yeah, consistently waiting on. Is there anything you're you like that's uh, hey, this is a problem area right now? There are some things that that are out there. I think the ones the ones that that concern us the most are things like electric transformers. Ah. If Boom Electric can't get yeah. electric transformers. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. whether we get a building built or yeah. not. 
Yeah. Uh, but there are some things that are slower. Heat and air conditioning, windows. There are a few things that are there that are still long lead items. But if we know it going in and we can anticipate them, we get them ordered, yeah. get them in place, get them coming. All right. We are visiting with uh, David Coyle, the new president of Coyle Construction. Randy Coyle, the founder. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation and uh, talk about a few more things that will interest you about what's happening in our local construction industry. All of that and more coming up on the CO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the third and final segment of the CEO Roundtable show. Glad you've tuned in this weekend. Visiting with David Coyle, the uh, new president of Coyle Construction, and Randy Coyle, the founder. And uh, we're talking about some of the projects they've been working on uh, in in this community. You know, one of the things that uh, you guys really have a, a rich tradition of uh, giving back to the community. I know that uh, over the years, uh, Coyle has financially supported a lot of great organizations in this community and has certainly helped with economic development. But I want to talk just a a little bit about one of the dynamics that that you see in a lot of industries in in Colombia. We see these larger companies from outside the market. Uh, We see it in healthcare, especially. We we see these these uh, big organizations out of St. Louis and and uh, Kansas City and and even further away. Uh, sort of encroaching on this mid-Missouri market. Now, uh, you know, back in the day, I, mean, I think it was a pretty common complaint that you couldn't build a school in Columbia or a healthcare facility in Columbia if you were a local Columbia-based construction company. And I know that, uh, uh, Coyle built the, 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 the big campus south of town for Boone Hospital Center, which uh, was state of the art. And uh, you're now building a, a school here. But what about, you know, we recently uh, we we built a new airport in Columbia using a uh, a company from Arkansas. What is it? I mean, what what's the benefit? I guess you know you can't be a hero in your own hometown. Uh, you know, and and you're only an expert if your letterhead says that you leave at least live at least thirty miles away. What what are some of the benefits of working with a locally owned company, David? What's your perspective? You know, what I like to say is we 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 have the best numbers. We have the uh, we can offer big city services um, for competitive local pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also just that that local connection, the people here. I just think care. Um, we do everything that um, you know the bigger companies do. Come in, I, we go a step beyond that. We'll, we'll take care of you uh, more than that to ensure that the project gets done right because. It's going to be there, you know, when my, when my kids go to use it the next time. And, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, it's something around that I'm going to have to live around and, um, you know, known up to and, and, and be proud of. So I think there's some extra pride and effort that, that goes with the local mm-hmm. company. Yeah. And don't you have kind of a reciprocal relationship with your, your subs? I mean, I mean, these are people that you employ all the time. If a company comes in from Arkansas and wants to build something, they may have trouble finding a brick mason or, or a, you know, a steel erector. Absolutely. There's a consistent, you know, more and more with the shortage of, of, of trades out there, um, the relationships are more and more meaningful. Yeah. And uh, when we ask them to jump, they jump. And yeah. uh, because of that working relationship, I think it goes I think that goes a long way as well. Randy, have, how what's your your viewpoint on, on sort of how things have evolved? Well, I'd I, I like. Anytime we can use local folks for anything in Columbia and Boone County, I think it's great. I mean, the, I don't know what money turns over, but 
uh, seven, seven or eight times. Seven or eight yeah. times yeah, is what I've sure. been what yeah. I've been told. Yeah. So, so if you're spending, you know, a uh, million dollars, uh, it's seven million in the economy or yeah. whatever the number yeah. is. And well, how uh, big was the alone, Midway USA project? So you know, you're you're looking at over twenty million dollars yeah. for so, yeah. for those types of things. That, Huge economic. Uh, and you know, this was real important to a lot of these business uh, owners that they saved Oakland. I appreciate that, and mm-hmm. we. And, and, you know, we're the same way. We try to do all as much of our personal business and company business as we can mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with local folks as well. Boone Electric made that a big priority. Mm-hmm. They wanted to use local subs and, and local people. We appreciated that mm-hmm. because of that those are, those are folks, those are our neighbors and friends live around here that spends money at the grocery stores and buys the clothes and buys the coffee and Supports whatever. the little league team. You know, yeah. It's, it's, listens, it's, uh, listens to the Eagle, whatever yeah. they do. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I want to, uh, just talk a little bit about some of the other things that you guys have been involved with, uh, in the community. I know that you've been very generous with the, uh, food bank of central and Northeast Missouri. Welcome home, uh, boys and girls club, uh, city of refuge. Um, I know you both have been pretty active, uh, with the boy scouts, uh, here in Columbia. And, uh, uh, one of you tried to sucker me into going to that big breakfast that's coming up here in a few <laughs> weeks, but I, uh, yeah, but anyway, I um, but we'll, we'll see you there, Fred. <laughs> I know you'll be there. Uh, so, wh- why is that important to you, David? From your generation, why is that important? Um, giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. I, you know, once again, just it, it's somewhere. I'm from Columbia. I'm very proud of it. It's, I think it's a great community. And you know, don't we all want to be to living in the best community that we can? And um, you know, I, I want to be continue to be a great place, you know, for my my kids when they grow up and their kids and so forth. So mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, unless you're a doomsday prepper with your own farm and homeschooling your kids, I mean, we all need each other. And I think yeah. it just it, it's it's just the right thing to do to give back and um, and support one another. Yeah, I um, it, it, it you guys have certainly been a great example uh, of that for, for sure. Um, when you look at sort of the. Um, uh, the future of your industry and and uh if if you are talking uh david if you get called in to i know your wife's a uh, works for the columbia public schools if you get called in to speak in a career fair about construction if, if you've got um a kid that's in the fifth grade or a kid that's a senior in high school uh and they're they're contemplating a career in construction what are the things that you are certain to tell them yeah and and i have but the first thing i tell them is grab any technology you can get your hands on and learn how to use it because we are constantly looking for ways to innovate and solve that that labor gap problem Mm -hmm. and so just and that probably goes with any trade but the more technology you can master and bring to the table bring to your next employer that's going to benefit and get you uh a you know, get you ahead faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, that's huge. And is there? Um, have you seen an increased interest? Have you seen anything evolve, uh, Randy? What? What? Did, how have you seen that that uh, uh, that generation evolve over the years? I think um, um, you know. Even talking to some of the younger folks at work uh, at Coil, um, you know, there's a satisfaction of w- actually seeing something physically built. Mm-hmm. 
that it's not inside a cloud. It's not inside a machine that you can't see. It's it's physical. You can touch it and and feel. It. And you, it's something that you know will serve somebody. It will be occupied mm-hmm. by by students and by by um, uh, assistants and and accountants and 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 others that work in these different buildings. And so there's a great deal of, of satisfaction. I think this generation uh, likes that. I mean, part of it too is that you you know you got to do what you really love have a passion mm-hmm. and if, if you enjoy being outside and you enjoy working with your hands or you like drawing things on the computer you know or you like working with um, other types of technology be it be it gps or other things um you know whether it's surveying and you're going out in the woods and that's what you that's where you want to be all day mm-hmm. think about those things because yeah. th- this is an industry that can uh, offer all sorts of activities that that might be your passion yeah. that you enjoy getting up and doing every morning yeah I uh, had reason to visit your offices somewhat recently, and I, I remember going into one room, and the, it looked like uh, uh, Cape Canaveral. You had uh, all of these <laughs> screens up on the wall, uh, looking at different job sites around the country that your company yeah, working in real, on. Yeah, in real time. Yeah. And so uh, tell me sort of the benefit of that. I mean, that's something that's definitely changed uh, in your industry, but uh, what... what, uh, what for the the project owner, what what does that mean? I mean, it, it's it's a command center, and, and it's you know it used to be that that you know we had cell phones, of course, for some time, and we we've got some um, late uh, videos on things and, and et cetera. But now to be able to put eight or ten jobs up on a screen at one time, mm-hmm. real time, yeah, and you're you're sitting there talking to a superintendent that's walking you around, and you're physically looking at the site, at re- inspecting the rebar, watching the concrete being poured, or unfortunately sometimes snow coming down, whatever it may be. But yeah. you can report; it's real time information mm-hmm. that you can talk to the owner about. Uh, that they can have access to, they can see it for themselves in terms of business going on. It's also a liability thing as yeah. well. Yeah, kind of watch and make sure everybody's safe. What are what are some of the challenges that are sort of uh, getting your attention these days? You know, you you mentioned that your your team gets together and meets on a regular basis, but when you uh, talk about uh, s- some of the things that maybe. Uh, Make you sleep in the fetal position or keep you up at night. What What are some of the things that uh, the construction industry worries about? I mean, I think we've already touched on all the the big three in my mind. Is that 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 skilled tradesmen, mm-hmm. that shortage of skilled labor out there, which yep. is hopefully on the right track. Um, um, you know, supply chain issues yeah. mm-hmm. uh, continuing to to be out there, and um, you know, inflation, rising yeah. cost to to build thing the cost for companies to grow uh is increasingly challenging and, and that's probably the scariest one for me yeah is that a sort of a byproduct that the the increasing cost of byproduct of the other issues where uh you know you're having to pay a lot more for labor to get products produced is that yeah. uh sort of a kind of a vicious cycle that we're all stuck in i, I i'm no economist but yeah i think yeah. so yeah very interesting so David, when you sort of look at uh, the future, uh, the next 10 years, the 10-year plan for coil construction, and, um, um, you know, uh, how old are you? Do you mind me asking you on the air in front of everybody without asking your permission how old you are? I'm 38. 30? Oh, you're an old man. Okay, very good. Well, <laughs> so you got a good 20 years left in you. Uh, Absolutely. What, is the, what does the next 20 years look like? You know, I think... I want to keep building on what um, what Randy Randy set forth the the values the traditions that that he had for the for the company. Uh, he's had a passion for marketing, 
uh, expanding our brand to not just Columbia, but other communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think continue that, that innovation, that technology, being those that thought leader and always trying to recreate, you know, better ways to, to become more operationally efficient and hold our costs down for uh, for, for our clients. Um, and then I, I want I want Coil Construction to be one of the best places to work in central Missouri mm-hmm. uh, and taking care of our people. Yeah. Is, is there a common ingredient in, in making uh, a company like Coil uh, a great place to work? What You know, because what motivates the, the guy who's been there 30 years and what motivates the guy that's been there two years, the guy or gal, um, you know, is very different. How, how do you balance that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, we have such a diverse background of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that unite them. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think, like like my dad said earlier, I think I think just you know having having that job satisfaction. The one thing I think unites all builders is just the you know being a part of something tangible at the end, uh, being part of a, a, a legacy or a a piece that will stand that you're proud of. At the end of the day, you can go home and and, and be proud and show your kids and. Um, yeah, and others, you, what, you, what you did. Yeah, you have so. to pay attention. I mean, I, I think that probably when Randy first uh, became the president of Coil Construction, uh, there were a lot of things that you have to worry about today <laughs> that he didn't have to worry That's about. True. And, and you know, and but I think one of those those common ingredients, and I, I hear you, your your team members mention the integrity and, and the trust that exist. Uh, those are some things that don't go out of style. And uh, I would imagine that motiv- those types of things probably motivate the 22 year old the way same way it motivates the 62 year old um absolutely 72 year old randy right yeah <laughs> i mean i i would hope everybody likes to be in a workplace where they they like to go to work every day something yeah. that inspires them something they they feel like adds value to you know their lives their families and the community and mm-hmm. um i i i definitely think that you know in in collaboration we're so diverse everybody has their own strengths and what we do well at coil is just take borrowing each other's strengths and becoming you know leveraging each other and 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 being better so that Mm -hmm. teamwork aspect is is a real focus of mine too and something i look for in 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 uh in our company yeah absolutely randy david uh thank you so much uh first of all congratulations on your success almost 50 years in business uh but thank you a very heartfelt thank you from the community for all that you guys give back uh, not only as a, a major employer, but also uh, just as the causes that you support. Uh, good luck to you uh, in the future, David. Congratulations on your new position. Thanks Thank for joining us on the CEO Roundtable. We'll be back next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable show. You've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born in Red-